Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest, Michael Nucitelli, who's an NYS licensed psychologist. Now, his main interest is in cyber psychology. And in 2009, Dr. Nucitelli finalized his online aggressor concept called iPredator. Since then, Dr. Nucitelli has educated and advised online users about cyberbullying, cyber stalking, and online safety. Welcome, Dr. Nucitelli. Oh, Dr. Leica, thank you for having me on. And hopefully today we can educate some of your listeners about online safety and what I call the dark side of cyberspace, iPredator. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you. Now, how prevalent is this dark side of the internet how prevalent is this this predators out there stalking people well if i may doctor when we if i just can give you the the 10 cent tour of iPredator, and i can certainly do it quickly um as you'd mentioned i initially jotted down and then authored finalized uh, iPredator. it's a paper which is available at the website back in 2009 uh, I edited, revised it a little bit back in 2019, and essentially it is an information age, dark side of human consciousness concept, but it's also a global concept that presents eight different types of online aggressors. And I can give those to you very quickly. Sure, I let's, let's, let's not do it quickly. We have lots of time here. Let's go through them and, and let's, okay. let's, let's, well, let's educate all- our listeners. Of course. Well, so as I said, thank you, doctor. So there are eight, there are eight types of online aggressors global. And I think that covers pretty much all types of online aggressors. First of the eight, we have the pediatric type, which is cyberbullying. Now, cyberbullying, uh, of course, according to me, I'm sure there's other researchers and other academics that may think that cyberbullying applies to adults. But for my, uh, from my concept and everything I've learned, cyberbullying applies its child on child cyber attacks. That is the, the pediatric manifestation. The adult form of cyberbullying would be cyber harassers, internet trolls, and cyber stalkers. And we can talk a little bit about those later on. Those are the adult form. Then we have cyber criminals cyber terrorists, and then the worst of the worst, at least in my book, which is your online child predators and your online child pornography consumer and distributors. So essentially, that makes up the eight types of iPredator. Now, very quickly and very simple to know whether you or a loved one or an associate or an adversary is an iPredator is criteria one, very straightforward, the use of information and communication technology to harm, abuse, taunt, tease, steal from others, other online users, the use of information technology. 
Two, a little bit more murky, but it's pretty clear is a self-awareness of causing harm to other online users. Now, when we're dealing with cyberbullying with children, a small percentage of them actually think they're taunting, they're teasing, the harm they're causing other children. And that's for developmental purposes. They, they really believe that they're just kidding, when in reality, they're causing psychological dysfunction and damage to the children that they're, they're targeting. Then we also have those that suffer from psychiatric illness. And those are individuals that suffer from access one, access two disorders. And again, not that they're not culpable, they certainly are, but there are mitigating factors that can make uh, the second criteria a little blurry, but it's pretty straightforward. So the use of information technology, a self-awareness of causing harm, and then three, which is the creation, implementation, and design of what I call cyber stealth. And what cyber stealth is, is a fancy term that means online deception to where I either try to totally hide my, my identity, what I call the veil of anonymity, or I skew my, my identity a little bit or I encourage others by proxy to participate in the targeting. So if you meet those three criteria, doctor, you're an eye predator. Wow, that's that's pretty scary because <laughs> you know there are people out there. I I once I I was involved with a I, I was I won a Quilly Award this year from oh, Nick, Nanton, Nick Nanton at that ceremony uh, showed us a, a terribly scary video on these predators for children. Oh, and, and, how, and, and, and how this is so prevalent in our society and how how many people are, are, are predators for children out there. It's scary. And, Doctor, what you know as well as I do is that predators, pedophiles, child molesters, that entire the human sex, all of that, that's been around, I would imagine, since the beginning of human civilization. There has been the pedophile. OK, um, but think about it. When, when the pedophile, the child molester goes online now, what does he get to do? He gets to hide the veil of anonymity. So the internet, social media, and cyberspace, hence this is why I call it the dark side of cyberspace, is, doctor, I can go on, I can create a profile, and, you know, your daughter doesn't know that I'm 57 years old because I create a profile on Snapchat, on Instagram, on Kick that I'm a 15-year-old freshman, and I go to the school one county order over from your daughter. And I begin to groom that way, when in reality, I'm sitting on my butt here, and I'm an old guy myself looking to target your daughter. Yeah, and that's the scary part, is the daughter, who's very naive, does not have the wherewithal to understand this process is going on. And just like grooming in the pre-information age world, it applies now to where if I'm targeting a child, I'm always encouraging. If you get in an argument or your parents, you know, scold you, I am there to soothe you and to tell you that they're wrong. And that is the groomer is constantly encouraging. And then slowly but surely what I do is I try to compile data and facts about you. And then, you know, if I'm good enough, I'll be sending your daughter a gift or two. And that's how the process begins. 
Meanwhile, the whole time, your daughter thinks she's talking to a 15-year-old handsome young man. Yeah, and, and the slippery slope starts there, and then uh, it gets worse and worse and worse, and and it often occurs in these gaming rooms. Oh, where, certainly. Where well, <laughs> I hate to, I think you, you're spot on, Doctor. Online gaming, as you know, is a multi-billion-dollar industry. Uh, child predators, cyber bullies, cyber stalkers, eye predators know very well where to go. Again. Online gaming is not all children. If in fact, matter of fact, most online gaming today uh, is adults, but a significant percentage involves children. We're also starting to see in, you know, online learning environments. Now that we're coming out of COVID and hopefully by the grace of God, we go back to true brick and mortar education. Uh, but during COVID, we there was an influx of child predators going into what are called VLEs, virtual learning environments. So not only did we see, you know, sexual predators going into there, but also among children, there was a significant increase in cyberbullying because of VLEs. Yeah, I can understand that. Again, it was a very opportune time for people to take advantage of it. Most certainly. And what do we know about criminals and cyber criminals? It's all about opportunity, most certainly. And and we were forced to go online. There was no sure. other opportunity to, to educate our children or to do things. Right. And, and for your listeners, doctor, I want everybody to know, first and foremost, being the author... I love, I love the internet. I, I work on the internet, all my research, uh, everything I do. I watch videos out there with streaming services, but oftentimes I'll get, well, Dr. Nucitelli, what do you want us to do? Turn off the internet? And the answer is no, not at all. Please know for your, the benefits of information communication technology far outweigh the, the detriments and the downside. But if you don't practice a, a, a little bit of online safety, if you don't, if you're not decent online, you begin to open yourself and increase the probability of you being trolled for children, being cyberbullied, and so forth and so on. So it's basically uh, not having blinders on about what's going on. The reality is, doctor, is that cyberspace is an abstract artificial digital universe. In reality, doctor, it's not real, but we treat it as real. So when people get online, if they're not careful, uh, they can go online, they can say things, they can post things, and they can, you know, behave in a manner that can actually come back to bite them in the rear end. And, and as I've said often with the internet is people will say and do things on the internet that they would never say or do in person. And that, doctor, if you and I could figure out why that's occurring, a lot of my research um, is on that. One of the things maybe we could talk about a little in the interview is where I say, and I please understand, I don't really mean this. It's more metaphorical or archetypal, is that I believe that cyberspace is an extension of human consciousness. Now, obviously, Doc, you know it's not really an extension yet. But as each year goes by, the more enveloped we become, and the next two waves that are coming, we're just putting our toe in the water, is virtual reality and artificial intelligence. Goodness gracious, Doc, a century down the road, two centuries down the road, 
the human condition is going to be completely different than what it is now. Completely different with virtual reality and artificial intelligence. And we're just starting to hear about it a little bit with, you know, the Facebooks do the meta metaverse and all that kind of stuff. Give it a century from now. Doc, they're going to look back at us and they're going to laugh. Yeah, I suspect so. Uh, <laughs> yes. It all depends where we want it to go and what we make out of it and how we steer the, the ship, so to speak. And I hope it gets steered for good, not for bad. Oh, I hope so, too. Uh, just like society, you know, from a social, there's always, as I said earlier, there's always been crime. There's always been deviance. There's always been perversion. There's always going to be what we call those bad apples. But going forward, I believe if we don't create a methodology, if we don't create a system of being able to identify, apprehend, prosecute uh, cyber criminals and the, the different eye predators, we're going to see it expand. Because what, you know, again, I was a forensic psychologist at one time, no longer, but I worked in the courts and you know that criminals are very opportunistic. So whether they're psychopaths, sociopaths, whether they're antisocial personality disorders, criminals always look for opportunity and cyberspace is one big opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is exactly what goes on. I'm terrified by how many people are taken advantage of financially by these scams that go on all the time on the internet. And unfortunately, when it comes to cybercrime, I don't, I, I never follow statistics. I just know, but it's your older adults, your senior, senior citizens, the older adults, your baby boomers, they are the number one target for cyber criminals, for scams, for fraud. Why? Very simple. <laughs> the baby boomers are the ones with the money. They're also, it's been shown that older adults, senior citizens, as we age, we tend to become more trusting of other people. And when you're dealing with folks online, you, it's very easy for an older adult to trust who they're speaking with, when in reality, it's not even close to who they think they're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's very hard to tell the truth from falsehood on the internet. It's very hard to, to get into that other plane and, exactly. and look under the cover. And that's why, Doctor, one of the criteria to be an eye predator is cyber stealth, which is online deception. Doctor, all of us, all of us practice online deception. I mean, in the big picture, deception is used for protection, for defense. In the animal world, de deception is used all the time to stay alive. But it's also used for procreation <laughs> to show off. Deception is also used to hunt. So deception serves a purpose. But in cyberspace, it is also used for criminal, deviant, and perver perverse ways. Why? Because I can go online and I can be whoever I want. <laughs> and you have no way to identify who you're really talking to. Exactly. And, you know, the good thing here on Zoom, I see you, you're Dr. Nutitelli, you see me, I'm Dr. Laika. It's very hard to put a facade on that. It's very hard to put false information on that. But, you know, anything could happen. 
Most certainly, doctor. And again, it would be nice if more people took heed of, of webcasting web caverns. But one of the things real quickly, since writing I Predator, uh, by day, I, I have my own group practice. We work with the chronically mentally ill. Um, so I am a clinical psychologist by trade, but after work and on the weekends, I volunteer. It's also when I do my research and I educate others, such as what we're doing right now. So since 2010 of launching everything, I have volunteered after work and on the weekends, helping those who've been cyber attacked. So over the last 11 years, you know, maybe several hundred, <laughs> quite a few. But there was one woman, and I'm using a Madeline Mason so I don't uh, breach her confidentiality or his confidentiality. But this online user, doctor, reported to me that he was head over heels in love with another female online user that he wanted to marry, was prepared to send a large sum of money to, or had already sent small portions, had never seen her on a webcam, had never, you know, spoken to her face-to-face offline, and at most had just begun to talk to her over the phone. Where the vast of their contacts, their exchanges were on social media and via, you know, the phone, which was just starting. And as he had said to me, he was head over heels in love with her. Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary? But, but and this was, uh, a, God bless him, a very intelligent man, you know. So it is one thing I'd like to introduce if, if we have a little bit of time. It's called odor. And it is a subconcept of iPredator. What ODOR stands for, it's the acronym for Offline Distress Dictates Online Response. And in a nutshell, what that acronym means is, however my offline psychology, my function, my life is going, I believe it directly influences what we do online. It not only influences my interpretation of what I do online and what I see, hear, and feel, but it's also how I interact. So if offline I am in a heated divorce or a heated adversarial relationship, if I am stressed, if I'm suffering from significant medical conditions, if I am alcohol or drug abusive, if I am discouraged, when I go online, again, this is what I believe, I believe it directly affects my interpretation of what I do online. Information can only be managed in three ways. We can compile information, we can disseminate information, and we can exchange information. Well, under the idea of odor, if I'm not careful, Doc, I go online and I believe it's all filtered. Offline, we call it subjective processing. Online, it's subjective processing, but is, and you kind of said it earlier, for some reason, something changes when we go online. Some have called it the disinhibition effect, which is, I agree somewhat, which is because we know that we are anonymous, disinhibition, we feel more comfortable to act ridiculous, if I may say. That is a small piece of it. There's also, again, not going to you know sound crazy when I say cyberspace is an extension of, of human consciousness. But what I believe, I know this sounds ridiculous, Doc, 
is but what I believe is slowly but surely the internet, the digital universe is slowly but surely becoming a Xerox copy of what? The human brain. Because what makes the internet, the digital is hundreds of thousands of millions of human brains. So I believe the digital universe is slowly but surely becoming a Xerox copy. Some of the futurists talk about one day being able to transfer human consciousness into the internet. Now, whether that's possible, whether that's science fiction, mumbo jumbo, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we won't know for many centuries, maybe an eon down the road. But I believe something is going on with with our relationship with cyberspace, with what we do online. I can't explain it right now. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, time is flying by here, and there's a couple of things I'd like to get in. This show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life. So I want you, Dr. Nucitelli, to tell our listeners how they can have a fantastic life online, uh, knowing what you know with iPredator. Okay. First thing is great that you, thank you for bringing that up, doctor, is per, I'll say it three times, personal information, personal information, personal information. So for all your listeners right now is if they have blogs, websites, social media, whatever you have is to be mindful of not sharing personal information. Remember how I said earlier about the disinhibition effect? When people get comfortable online, they start to disclose personal information about themselves that they should not. So for the first thing you do is you want to increase, you know, your online safety. Online safety is reducing your risk potential, reducing the probability of being targeted. Now, you certainly can't alleviate it completely because it happens but you can certainly reduce the probability of being targeted. So reduce the amount of personal information that you have. I have worked to, I have helped people who are on Facebook, God bless Facebook, um, who have their Facebook settings, not set to friends only, not set to friends, but set to public and go online and talk about everything that's going on into their lives. And then they wonder why they get trolled, they get cyberstalked, and then unfortunately they get hacked. Why? Because they share far too much information about themselves online. So that is the first, the most important thing I can share with you. And number two, since time is short, is (laughs) turn it off. One of the things that we're seeing, doctor, is that, and again, there are two camps. There are those that subscribe to the idea of the compulsive dependency called internet addiction and those that don't think it exists. I am in the camp that believes internet addiction is something that's going to become more problematic. And what we're learning is slowly but surely is because of the the quarantine and the pandemic of COVID, many people were, I don't want to say forced, but were left to because they were isolated to spend a lot of time online. So what I'm saying to your listeners is to enhance life is turn it off. Again, I love the internet and I spend a lot of time, doctor, online, um, all my research, uh, all my streaming services, (laughs) Amazon Prime, HBO Max and Netflix. I love it. 
my work, all my therapy notes, all my patient notes, all my is done. But I tell you, doctor, I bike ride to work. I bike ride everywhere I can. And every minute I can turn off the computer, I go outside. That's cool. So that applies to children and adults. So if you're a parent, tell set standards for your children and say, you know what? Go outside. When's the last time you threw a baseball? <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious. These days, doctor, and I know we're at an end, children now, and I hate to say children, but teens, you know how they ask each other to the prom? <laughs> With their mobile device. When I asked girls to the prom, you know what I had to do, just like you? We had to ask them face-to-face. Yes. We had to assess nonverbal communication. We had to get, nowadays... They have, you know, the mobile device. So they don't even have to deal with all the the communication skills and interpersonal dynamics. All the relationship dynamics are changing. Get out, go out into the fresh air, whatever the season, and try to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you for that advice. You know, in my former life, I was a top cosmetic surgeon and I was stalked three times. Now, the problem is, uh, you know, I had to be a public figure. Now, the one thing I would not allow is my wife or my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So I would not put anything on them on the Internet. So so you're mindful of that, you know, you know, when, when you were practicing. So, but unfortunately, the, the, I don't want to say the masses, the vast majority of online users do not practice something like that. And of course, you know, being a public figure such as yourself, being a celebrity, being a politician, being somebody who is in the public's eye, it's, it's a little bit different because you have to share some stuff, but you certainly don't have to share everything. And you can certainly present a demeanor that's not going to come back to bite you in the butt. Well, sir, we're already at the end. So how can people get in touch with you and how can they get into your iPredator world and understand it better? Well, the website, iPredator.org.net or .co, no N, I have both those three domains. So iPredator.org.net or .co, you can go to my website and most importantly, everything, everything at my website is educational and public domain. There are, I believe, I have 28 different checklist inventories. If you want to learn about internet addiction, if you want to learn about online psychopaths, and if you want to learn about how Dr. Nucitelli was trolled for an entire year, you can read Troll Triad or Shadow Troll, because being the, the author of a uh, uh, an Internet troll-esque kind of uh, theory, you kind of get, they don't, trolls don't really like you. So everything at the website is free. You're welcome to download anything, and you don't even have to give any personal information or an email address to download my content. And Doc, or for if you don't like it, blow your nose with it and throw it in the garbage. And turn off the computer. Yes, sir. <laughs> that your advice is so apropos for this day and age, sir. I have to thank you immensely for sharing this time with us and our listeners. I think it's important that they understand what's going on and how they can protect themselves on the internet. Yes, doctor. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope to talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. 
And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Thank you.